You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Can We Talk? You still have to read off that ad. Oh, I guess not. All right, we're good. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're good on the ad this week. Um, so y'all, it's we had a, a a one week hiatus. We're back. A lot of crazy stuff been, been going on. A lot of albums we got to talk about. Yeah. A lot of current events we got to get into. But how's everything going with y'all? What's what's good? Everything's. I'm everything. good, man. Good. We had Father's Day last week. Yeah. How was that for y'all? It was good. It was great. Um, I missed out on Incredibles because Jordan went to go see it with her dad. So I heard some good things about that. Yeah, I'll I'll talk about it. Um, yeah, you know, me and my dad, we exchanged a few words. How you doing? You taking care of business? Yeah. All right, here's some money. See you later. Like, no, <laughs> you know? no hug. No, no, nah, no. Nah, we gave a hug. We gave a hug. I mean, we talked. You know, but you know, it was uh, you know, I feel like my dad. You know, he's the type that not that not really say it, but I know he wants me to check up on him. So yeah. I did that. You know, and yeah. Oh, that's yeah, nice. I guess girls are different. Yeah, my mom lets me know. She wants. My dad to- lets me know. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Hi, Dad. Yeah, but my, yeah, my daddy's girl. So. My dad Aww. talks to my mom like, is Anthony okay? Is Anthony all right? She's like, tell him, ask him yourself. You know, yeah. Wait, we do that and we live together. My dad does that with my mom. Like, did Shana get that taken care of? She, she right upstairs. Right. Well, you go upstairs and ask her. Like, she, <laughs> that's good. I'm glad it all went well for everybody. This, these current events, y'all, I'm about to get into current events for... Uh, well, how was your Father's Day? Well, my father's not here anymore, so, you know, oh, that's... Okay. I mean, but it, it is, it, it's, it's been a while. It's been a long time. It's been like 10 years, 11 years since he passed away. So we always, uh, around this time, you know, always reflect on, you know, on having him and, and the, the joy that he brought into to my life. So that's, you know, used as a reflection period. But um, didn't do much. Just hung out, chilled. <laughs> but, um... Y'all, for this current events, we got to get into a lot of stuff that, that's been going on, particularly with the administration and the um, the border. So there was a policy that a zero tolerance policy that um, you know Donald Trump sort of agreed upon in terms of border crossing, where any child would have to be separated from their parent, and this caused a lot of uproar. Seeing some of the images of the little kids inside of these little detention facilities, and you know not having um, proper just. Like living with little like what was the 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 blankets the um silver blankets you know sleeping with that stuff living in cages things of that such it really drew an uproar um and I guess he signed this into order some executive order which he didn't even have to do stating that he would re- return the kids to their families but ultimately he controls and he oversees the Department of Home was it um oh, Homeland Security so he could have just called and let them know like hey you know we. We're not doing this anymore. So he made it this big to do. He's trying to claim a victory out of something that he caused, which is kind of strange. Um, but what are your thoughts about that? What, what's been going through your head with this whole immigration debate? You know, th- this issue with the kids. Like, what, what, where do you stand? Well, I guess if, if I'm, if I'm going to go first, you know, my main thing, my main criticism is of the response of it all. Like, you know, you'll have certain people, you know, they'll be like, well, you know, um, you know, Obama bounced the ball off the backboard. You know, uh, Trump caught it or something like that. Right. And is I, that my direct quote? <laughs> is I mean, that my? Is it sounds that, like are you quoting me from Facebook? You're not the only person that said that. Though. <laughs> Believe it or not, it wasn't just you. 
and I and you know I get it I understand but it's not it's not about who's in office it's about really what's going on and um if it's wrong it's wrong no matter whose administration it is and um I remember a friend of mine told me kind of texted me like I guess like like two weeks after the fact like one or two weeks after like man you you hear about what's going on in the border this is sad and I'm hmm. like, you haven't been watching the news? He said, no, I don't watch the news. Right. And I, I asked my mom about that, and she kind of gave me an insight. Like, you know, that's how certain people, they can move on, they can move about in life. If you're a sensitive hmm. person, that's how you can move about in life, not being sad by watching the news. Because hmm. if you watch the local news, that's even yeah. more depressing. So I, I, I understood uh, certain viewpoints, but um, overall, it's, it just, it's, um, it's, it's unsettling. Yeah, I, I just feel like we have to like we can't just be here. We have to understand how we got here and yeah. what policies, how we ended up here in the first place. And, and it, it goes all the way back to Clinton. Mm-hmm. If you want to, you know, be real about it. But I think um, like with like illegal immigration. Yes, we want people to go through the proper channels. Mm-hmm. But there there's a humane way to go about it. Like if we. Say, hey, you can't come here unless you go through the proper channels. You, we can do that without being disgusting, without being yeah. inhumane, without separating children from their parents. And that's just the difficulty of the border um, situation. It's just, and, and it happened, it goes back a long time. Every president in the recent era has had that issue of the trouble of trying to figure out, all right, how can we do this in the right way? You know, we don't want to exclude people who have the opportunity to who are trying to escape uh, whatever persecution they're facing in their home country. We want to give them an opportunity to come here um, and create a life. But how do we do it in a way that's going to be the most beneficial for for everyone? Um, But I just think that Trump's policy of that zero tolerance was something that really pushed that that cruelty of it. You know, it, it, it didn't have to be like that. You know, why not let a kid and their family stay together during the, the, the deportation process or whatever that may be? Um, and then figure out through legislation, through through whatever, figure out a, a, the best pathway to get them citizenship or get them in the country um, the right way. It's, it's you know, I any president is going to have an issue trying to figure figure this out. And, and I know it's just a tough situation. It's kind of it's it's polarizing. Um, it's hard to deal with. But you have to do it in a way that's. Like says, humane and in the best interest of these kids because these are little kids; these are babies. Yeah, like they didn't ask. They, they didn't. They didn't. This. It's an experiment that terribly failed. Yeah, that's one way to look at it too. Like I think they were trying to use separation as a deterrent, but that <clears throat> doesn't. Like, there's always a risk of separation. Like when you're trying to get into the country illegally, so that, like that, sh- they shouldn't even try that. I think they use it as a deterrent, but also as leverage to get that border wall passed. I think they're trying to show this like, all right, you know, this is the extreme. This is what it could look like. So you need to go ahead and fund this wall. Um, and I think that's just a way of strong arming, you know, the, the Congress into, you know, making those decisions on, on funding that wall. People can climb walls, B. Exactly. I mean, like there's, there's planes. And there's <laughs> illegal immigrants don't only come from Mexico. Right. And that's the sad part of that narrative that we have right now. We're, we're associating legal immigrants with. With uh, with uh, Hispanics, and it, it right. is not just like the immigration case. as a whole. They associate with the Hispanic community. Like when I hear Black people talk about, like, oh yeah, like when they're not like not in favor, mm. you know, of it. But then at the same time, the administration ended the program that's going to send back Haitians that were here yeah. from the hurricane, from the earthquake. And then we demonize these people, saying, "Oh, we're trying to stop the MS13 from getting in." 
and like they create this this fake. I mean, and again, MS thirteen is real, but they they uh, it's like the propaganda they use to sort of push it to something that is not. It's, like it's real, but it's like super outdated. Like the whole right. Bloods and Crips, like it's outdated. Right, like, there's so many like different like affiliations now yeah so i read recently i think it was this morning where 520 of the the kids were returned to their families um but it's still like 2,000 more you know that's out there so hopefully over this time they can get these kids reunited with their families um but it's just it's just sad overall um other news (laughs) everybody did anyone see the, the 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 woman who pretended to call the cops on a little girl eight years old who was selling water I just read about it. Like, I'm actually, like, tired of seeing that. (laughs) We can't do anything. It's like that episode we said. It's like that episode that we can't do anything. We can't even just be. Can't. Seriously. Like, can't barbecue. Can't can't live. I I assume the girl was black, right? Yes. Yeah, she was a little black girl. Yeah, that was just. It reminds me of the whole barbecue uh, (laughs) Becky situation. (laughs) We can't can't even be a, a house appraiser. Remember the no. house? Uh, yeah, I remember that. I saw that guy. He got the the lady called the cops on him saying he's trying to break in or something. But as a mom, like I have a problem because I don't do it when people threaten children with law enforcement. Right. As yeah. a form of discipline. Like I don't I don't do that. I don't like when other people do it. Like my daughter has told me and I will check you mm. in a really nice nasty way that that's not how I do things. Right. I mean, think of think of the Has um, that happened before? Yes. Oh, serious? Yeah. She said she told me something about going to jail. Oh and I'm God. like, wait a minute, you're five. Like, what do you know about jail? Mm. Like, you don't know anything about jail. Who told you that? And then she told me who it was. And we had a conversation. So, yeah. like, you don't like I, I don't appreciate I don't want you to do that to your own kids. But don't right. but definitely don't do that to mine. I know that's a baby, too. Like, what type of what message are you sending that kid? Like. I remember when I was a kid, I used to hear threats, you know, on my parents' side of things. Like, if your kid is truant too much, then the parent might go to jail. And that, that's, that's because like, it's their responsibility to make sure that they go to school. Yeah, that's still a policy that, that some schools have that in terms of me. tenants. I mean, for, I mean, it's, it's a coercive power. It forces you to do something through, um, you know, punitive actions. But, again, for a five-year-old or an eight-year-old, the message that it's sort of sent is saying that, um, again, just because – it happens typically happens to black people that the only way to sort of correct that behavior or um, it's ultimately going to lead to some type of intervention from the police. And that's just, it's, it's not a good narrative to kind of send to, to it's just, it's bad all around and that whole situation. I'm just um, sick and tired of hearing about this stuff. It's, it's it happens too often and it's kind of ridiculous. It's, it's getting out of hand. Even the cops say it's ridiculous. It's a waste of time. Like you're going to call the cops on an eight year old. Just, Sitting there selling waters. Right. Um, another thing. Um, oh, it's been a lot of stuff going on. All right, one more, then we got to we got to move on. You know what? It's going to be about Trump again, but that's, that's, <laughs> it's going to be about Trump's administration. I'm kind of sick of talking about Trump's administration. It's this, like, but well, we have to. This, well, we, all right, we, this was Sarah. We, Sa- we, all right, this, into the topic. Though. This was Sarah Sanders. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is the um, communications person for the White House. She went to a restaurant um, called the Red Hen in Virginia, and the owners of the Red Hen in Virginia turned her away because they didn't believe uh, or they didn't agree with Trump's policies, and they didn't think that she would, or I guess they didn't want her the optics of her being there. Um, what do you all think about that? Do they have the right to turn her away because of who she works for, or do you think that is setting a slippery slope? 
No, because what if it was somebody else uh, that uh, whose policies you agreed with, whose policies, who's somebody you probably look up to and they don't agree with their policies, so they refuse them. You know, there needs to be a a balance. Hmm. Well, I mean, but how can we do that, though? Like, what? I mean, if they refuse her, then somebody that you look up to is going to refu- be refused somebody somewhere else. So where's the I mean, where's the resolution to that? Okay, I agree. I mean, I think that is not a justifiable thing to do because, again, like you said, the shoe is on other foot. It will be met with outrage. Yes, I agree. Um, By balance, I mean you got to treat others the way you want to be treated, regardless if you don't agree with them. Right. I I agree that you know stand up for yourself and defend yourself. Sure, but I mean, I mean, I again, there's other ways to protest that situation that's more productive um than to say all right you can't you can't frequent our restaurant because if we work for it i agree what about you shannon um i get wanting to protect your business i'm not sure if you guys ever heard of 1917 american bistro mm-hmm. it's on the avenue of fashion um the owner catered owner's a black man he catered a trump event oh for real and then you know not too long not too long ago, i think in january he closed mm-hmm. he was open and then he wow. closed so, I mean, I get wanting to protect your business, but you can't turn away, like, a, a customer just because yeah. you don't agree with their politics. Although, that one bakery uh, turned away customers for their sexual orientation. Right. So, that I mean, that, that, that's a whole other story we can get into. But all right. that's all I have for current events. Let's move on. <laughs> Hip-hop corner. Hip-hop corner. So, uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> We got the Beyonce, Jay-Z. Beyonce, Jay-Z. Sure, how was that? I love Beyonce, and I detest Jay-Z. Like, I don't (laughs) like Jay-Z, but I wish I had less of Beyonce on this project. Oh, less of Beyonce. Less of Beyonce? I feel like, like a lot of the beats were, like, more so, like, for a Jay-Z. And I'm actually loving, like the growth of his content, you know, mm-hmm. as of late. So I'm he made the project kind of like he made it enjoyable for me. I don't like the single. I feel mm-hmm. like um content wise, I like Jay Z's verse on there or whatever, but I feel like Beyonce has regressed. You think like so? he's thirty six. Wow, dog. I never Regrets? thought I'd hear this from a Beyonce fan. Right. <laughs> a regression of Beyonce? That's like, like a as far as content oh. like Come I mean, on. do you think that she was trying to more so fit the mode of or the idea? I of feel the, like the you are, like you're an icon. You yeah. set the standard. You don't follow the standard, and you basically that's that's a Migo song. Yeah. The hey, single that's a wait, that's a Migo song. This is a moment in history. <laughs> I'm, I'm bro, shocked. A right Beyonce now. fan saying Beyonce regressed. I'm shocked because usually, I mean, I heard all the Beyonce fans on Twitter just like, "Oh, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard." You know, she out here rapping. This gave me my whole year. I mean, like, I like the project because of Jay-Z. Like, that's why I like it. Not because of Beyonce. Like, it's a couple of songs on there where I was like, eh, I wish he had just stayed on a chorus. Like, I don't need your, like, I don't need your verse. Like, All right, out of five stars, how many stars are you giving it? I'll give it, I'll give it a, I'll give it three. Three? Okay, I mean, that's All still... Right. I mean, it's a solid project. Hey, uh, It kept my ear longer than Nasir. Okay. I got to talk about Nasir. But, um, okay, so um, I, I didn't listen to it. But on the cover, that's Joey Badass, right? The guy that's getting his hair braided no. or hair cut off. Who is that? 
I don't know. I think they're just random models. They were also mm-hmm. in the video. Oh, he looked like Joey Badass. Um, okay, so well, you got anything else? Uh, you said you want to talk about Nasir. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you go first. I mean, I I enjoyed it, but like Nas, like. To- the, the personal situation is was taken away from. No, okay. it's the it's the beat selection. Like I was expecting more of a between the Kanye and Nas collaboration. I kind of I liked it though. The kind I kind of uh, liked it. I, I, I mean, I liked it too. But my thing, it's Nas. My yeah. my thing is, I really liked it. Like when the first time I heard it, I felt like it was an experiment. I felt like it was right. an experiment, and I felt like Kanye, he's in a different kind of production phase right now, where he's trying a lot of new things. And Nas, I think he owned up to it. I think he was up for the challenge. Mm-hmm. And the first time I heard it, it was like, okay, that was that was different. But the more times I heard it, I said, yo, this is classic because mm-hmm. I really did like it. Like. Like I classic? like, I, I I I would say that man. The more I listen to it, and this is just subjective, I really liked it. Like the one song on there that most people don't like, it really grew on me. Um, everything, because mm-hmm. when mm. I first heard that, I'm like, this is this is empty self empowerment to me. Mm. But I, I don't know. I liked it on first listen. But the more I heard it, I was like, okay, I'm digging what they're saying, and I, I, I always loved Nas verses even the first time I heard it. But yeah. I feel like everything mixed well. Cop shot the kid is classic mm-hmm. to me. I love Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. I think him and the Dream should make more songs like that. Simple Things mm-hmm. is an okay closer. Um, yeah. I think overall, I really enjoy Nasir, man. Okay. I don't know if it's better than Daytona. They're both two different beasts, but I love both of them. Yeah, it was a good project. Uh, Tiana Taylor. I, I didn't listen. Like The thing is, when this, the project don't come out on time, it it, well, it's kind of list- discouraging. That's what, that's what the listening stream is for. <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, like, I like J-Rock because J-Rock's album came out on time. Like, I've listened mm-hmm. to it more. I was able to, I'm like, okay, waiting on Nasir. Oh, it's not Reload. Oh, it's not here yet. Oh, yeah, let me I, listen that was to me the too. J-Rock. But, um, yeah, I got to say, Redemption, it's not better than 90059. I'll say that off the top. But, like I said, it's it's like a fine wine project. The latter half is better than the former half. I agree. And when you listen mm-hmm. to the latter half, then you understand the former half. Because it is it is a little slow in the beginning. Because, you know, he, as you know, J-Rock was in a motorcycle accident, uh, which uh, prevented him from doing a project for a minute. And so, you know, that's where the bloodiest comes in. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a redemptive project. But, um, yeah, I, I hope I hope that he comes out with something that's as good as 90059, though. Yeah, I heard some of the J Rock. I, I'm not a J Rock fan. I mean, I didn't really. I mean, I knew of him, but I never really heard his stuff in its entirety. So I listened to it. It was all right. You got to start mean, with. I like the song with J Cole. I I really like the video. Cool. Yeah, yeah. You got to start I'm off sorry. with nine double oh five nine though. You can't start okay. off with that album. I think King's Dead works better on there than it did on the Black Panther album. Mm. I just think it works yeah. better on there. Mm-hmm. I yeah. will say I do got one beef with the music industry, and that's with Title. Title, I'm so mad because they hype up. All right, they first off they release these exclusives, and then a day later it's on Apple Music. Like, what's the point of having both? I know uh, Spotify. No I know Spotify co-signed J Rock's project. They uh, they sponsored his album. Um, I'm more of a Spotify dude, man. I don't. I, don't, I agree. I don't have Title. I, I subscribe to Apple Music, but Title they have the best like sound quality. I like out of all three. Apps. The iPhone has the best sound quality, right? In general. But if you, like, Apple Music has, like, it's the worst out of all three. But Spotify has a different, is the music quality is better. And but Tidal has the best. But, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't, 
get the whole exclusive. But Lemonade is still exclusive on there. Yeah, I guess. I yeah, guess. and they got to go in front of the. They got to go in front of somebody. They say they lied about the streams. Oh, <laughs> dang! Say so going in front of uh, testifying in front. Of no, I know for sure. Jay Z has to go in front of SEC because of Rockaware. They oh, say he wow. may have oversold it. Oh, he's been dodging now. Shoot! See, he on the run for real. It's not just the name <laughs> of the tour. Okay. Well, let's move on. Is that is that it for you? Yeah, that's it for me. All right, and what's your two cents? Um, no, I got one more thing for Hip Hop Corner. Oh, I, I want to ask y'all this. So I feel like with J. Cole releases, just one quick question. Um, I like I really like KOD when it first came out, but I feel like that and like For Your Eyes Only, I really like those albums in the moment. But as time goes on, I don't think they have the same resonance to me as Forest Hills Drive and Born Center. What do y'all think? Hmm. Like I didn't like For Your Eyes Only when it came out. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I liked it when it came out because of its package, the way it was delivered and the story it told. But after a while, I, I was mean, like, I like eh. I like that about it. Like I like the whole. Oh man, you got a kid? That's cool. Like you right. talk about, you know, the whole progressive yeah. pr- progression. But I, it it didn't sonically work for me. Like I just, KLD, I can't get into J Cole anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> that he's too slow. I think so. Too I mean, slow. I just feel like after a while, it just becomes this a little redundant. I'm like, you know, I. Like I heard this before, it's all right. I'm not going to listen to it all the time. Like fair assessment, fair assessment. So I just don't listen to him like that anymore. I feel I don't feel bad saying it, but <laughs> okay. All but right. I do still love the like I still love Born Center and oh, Forest yeah. Drive. I love those albums. Okay, all right, yeah, me too. I love Born Center. <laughs> all right, on to my two cents. I'll make this quick since I want to go into this topic. Um, follow me on Instagram at Reluctant Movie Buff. I know I've been slipping on the reviews, but I, I swear I'll, I'll 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 drop something. I did a review for Hereditary on We Are Critics, but um, okay. So I'll just get this one out the way. I saw First Reformed. That's an independent movie with Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a slow movie and it's deep. It's a little too deep for me to deconstruct in in my segment. But I know I can tell you this. He's a tortured reverend, um, and it's just about how just like trying to keep your faith in this kind of world. And, you know, he he's he's a reverend of a small church that's like a like a that's like a part. He's a small church that's like, um, I guess, part of a big, larger, larger church where Cedric the Entertainer is the head preacher. It's actually a serious role. He's not even funny. He's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's a deep movie. It's slow, but it's deep. I say if you catch it on HBO, check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally saw the first season season of The Shy. Me and Kyra binge watched it. Yeah, it's been like three months. Since I know, man. I, I got a list I'm going through, man. Um, me and Kyra really liked it. I wouldn't come. I'd see where the comparisons to The Wire come from, but I really think it's it's its own kind of like humane drama show that has you know a little bit of everything: yeah. drug dealing, surviving, comedy, drama. I love mm-hmm. the kids. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed it, man. It is a solid. It's a solid series, man. I just and just seeing sort of the, the character development in some of them, getting to know like the backstory about the and how's, how it's intertwined. Like everything is sort of interconnected. Um, I, I like. I really do. It's, I really enjoyed it. I gotta say, in the beginning, my favorite character was Jason Mitchell's, but by the end, it was um the main. I guess you could call him the antagonist, the yeah. old man. Yeah. I really loved his ha- his he, acting. He a thug, man. He's just going in, and just just killing people. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert. Oh, sorry. oh, yeah, I'm sure people saw it by now. Well, I mean, you know that like three but episodes in. But I kind of guessed though. the plot twist. 
I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, he keeps asking about them. So. Yeah, I figure. Right. Yeah, that too. That too. Um, yeah, man, all around solid. But uh, Incredibles 2. Mm. So I saw this at the drive-in. And, What's um, the drive-in? Yeah, I love the drive-in. Yeah, the drive-in is Ford and Dearborn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good, man. It lived okay. up to the first one. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I laughed. I, you know, I had a smile on my face. It's classic Pixar, man. There ain't really okay. much else to say except, you know, it, it stood up and delivered, like Finding Dory. I love Finding okay. Nemo, bro, and that movie lived <laughs> up. Um, I didn't see the short in the beginning, but I heard, like, the short in the beginning made everybody cry. Those are always the best, man, with, with Disney Pixar the shorts. Yeah. Uh, but Shayna says she saw Superfly, so I'm going to pass the baton to her. Okay. I enjoyed it. I heard I, I heard it's good. I enjoyed it. I just uh my a couple beasts was uh Trevor Jackson's hair. Uh, the Lecon- whatever you had the, the, the Um I think it was a lace front, I think. I saw the <laughs> netting. I was close enough to see it. Oh, but yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. I just but the the other beef I have with I think I don't think they should have called it Superfly. Mm. I think they should have named it something else, like so it could like stand alone on its own, own because yeah. it up, uh, it it basically does. You know but I mean. enjoyed it. I really try to keep that sort of seventies theme with it, but in like a new age. It's future. The future. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I enjoyed to... the soundtrack. I didn't talk about it in hip hop corner, but I thoroughly uh, okay. enjoyed the soundtrack. Okay. But um, yeah, I like. I was. I was. It, expecting it to be bad yeah because i've never seen trevor jackson lead i do watch grownish mm-hmm. so i've never seen him lead but he does he does a decent job All right. yeah I, I think what you said about superfly is the opposite of how i feel about avatar i feel like that should have been named james cameron's pocahontas <laughs> or, or james cameron's fern gully that's the only right. that's the only correction that right. film should have had because that wasn't an original concept beautiful so to true. watch but oh, not yeah. original so true uh i will add too um, the second season of Luke Cage is out. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Do you like it? I tried. I only saw one episode. I tried. I, I don't remember my culture being that bad. I'm going to act like. Yeah, it is pretty. It's pretty rough uh, this semester. <laughs> I mean, this semester, uh, this season. Critics are saying something different. They're saying it's good. Well, maybe y'all got to keep watching. Right. I just saw one episode, so I, I can't really judge it too much. But it's. I feel like he's trying a little too much in this season. Right. I don't know. All right. Well, um, it's time for the central theme. Oh, Eric, lead us off, man. So this thing we're talking about the American flag, mm-hmm. and essentially what the American flag means to you as a citizen of this country, right? And so, I mean, I was thinking about this a lot, and you know, obviously, the American flag is the symbol of the country, represents freedom, represents um, you know, liberty, you know just sort of the American values, but also look at it as twofold. It doesn't really represent that for everyone. Right. And, um, I think it's always important to sort of critique where you are. I mean, obviously you want to be, you want to people, you love your country and that's fine. But I think it's also important to critique the faults of your country as well to get better and grow. Right. And so looking at the American flag and especially with the issues with, uh, the kneeling before the flag, you know, for the, the anthem and all that stuff. Um, I think we need to view it as a symbol of who we are as a country, but it's not who we are as a country. That's not just just a symbol. Um, so what do you all think about the American flag, what it represents, and sort of how you view its representation in your life? 
Oh, you want me to go? <laughs> uh, no, I can tell you, you, you're going to go for a minute. Let me, let me, go, <laughs> right. let me go. Um, Well, look, man, I'm going to be honest. Just on the surface level, and this isn't to hurt anyone's feelings. It's like it doesn't mean that much to me. And the reason is, you know, I grew up as a Jehovah Witness. So in our class, when people would stand up to pledge allegiance to the flag, mm-hmm. you know, I, I couldn't say anything. I had to, like, you know, not, not say it. And, you know, for a while I questioned this until I asked my mama, like, hey, how come I don't pledge allegiance to the flag? And my mama said, oh, it's because of our religion. We don't mm-hmm. do that. You know, she explained to me in detail why we don't pledge allegiance to the flag. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, I guess that kind of stuck a root in my head, like, eh, it's just a flag. Mm-hmm. And as time went on, you know, as I kind of strayed away from being a Jehovah Witness, um, even then, I mean, I look at the flag and I, I understand I understand the message it wants to give, but I feel like the message these days Looking from a minority standpoint, it's it's empty. Mm. You know, sometimes I wonder, like these these immigrants that are trying to get into our country, Hispanic or whatever, is the message of the flag empty to them, or yeah. did it did it feed the message it was supposed to feed to them? But then they ran into trying to get into this country and a lot of mm. hardships, and be like, okay, that flag means nothing. Yeah. You know, you got to wonder. That's deep, Shane. Oh, uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's. It's a flag, like it's a symbol, and a lot of people like they hold this symbol sacred. I was riding down Eight Mile the other day, and I mm-hmm. seen a pickup truck, and on the back there was a decal, like you stand on my flag, I'll stand on your ass. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, I think this person says nigger a lot, <laughs> right, like right. a lot, and they were like. Like they were gone. Like yeah, they do. They was on the Detroit side, so yeah, it's yeah, flying. Right. <laughs> it was flying. But uh, I mean, it, I mean, it's a symbol, and I get why people wear symbols mm-hmm. so you, that you can probably show like where you stand. Like I get, you know, the rainbow and the red, black, and mm-hmm. green. Like I get that, but yeah. the flag, the American flag. And then I was made to pledge allegiance to it, like, mm. every day for, like, 13 years. In, in school, right? Yeah. In school, school. yeah. In school, we had to. I, I just think that we have this idea that having an American flag means that you're, you're this, this patriot or, or something about you is, you know, you're more patriotic than the person next to you. But I think the true patriotism is knowing that you're fighting for the um, – fight, fighting for the, the – the, equal like quality equal um equalization of, of people's rights the the you're fighting for pretty much um getting people i guess on the same level and when you're looking at the american we look at the history of american flag when you're looking at the history of america many things and many injustices were wrapped in cloth with the american flag um and that's the one thing where we got to sort of disconnect ourselves from like yes you can you can be patriotic and you can love the flag but does that still mean that the country is doing things that are in the best interest of everyone, right? Um, and I think we sort of get that confused and we, we blur those lines between the two. And I think we can sh- we should be able to step outside the two and not s- call someone unpatriotic just because they don't think the American flag um, truly is the symbol of what other people think it is. Or they, the kneel, qualities. or they kneel during an anthem because they feel a certain way towards the lyrics of the anthem. You right. know, I feel like that's... That's one thing that irks me, man. Like, you know, I feel I sometimes I watch The View. I do. Yeah. And I enjoy that show. Mm. And, you know, Meghan McCain is the only one on there that's like really conservative. Yeah. 
And, you know, I feel like her going against a bunch of people who are liberal, you know, sometimes she – the audience doesn't applaud for her. <laughs> not, not as much as they should if you keep it equal. But, right, right. Like, I feel like her stance on the whole kneeling thing, she says, you know, well, I disagree with everybody. I think kneeling is disrespectful. But it's like, you know, they're trying <clears throat> to explain to you why they're doing it, and mm-hmm. you're still saying it's disrespectful. But I'm like, if we're trying to reach a level of understanding here, if I'm telling right. you what it is and that I'm not disrespecting it, you know, why are you still saying I'm disrespecting it? Like, try to mm-hmm. – we need to reach understanding because I think mm-hmm. people hold this wall up on what you think is right. Like, a black person might say – this is what blackness is. If an outsider or a white person tries to tell me what blackness is, I'm going to shut them down. Yeah, white person tells right. well, <laughs> a white person, a white person tries to say, you know, this is what the country is. If a black person tries to tell me what the country is, I'm going to shut them down. I think there needs to be a level of understanding. But that's the thing. Like, I live in this country, so I can tell you what it is. You don't live in this skin, so I can tell you. can't tell me what it is. That's mm. the difference. But as far as, like, equality goes— like, what do you mean by equality? Because in order to get everybody on equal footing, preferential treatment is going to have to be given. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's, I mean, yeah, you have to. You got to look at anytime you're trying to reach equality, it takes, um, you got to look at equity first, right? How can we ensure that this inequitable situation is now fair for everyone so that we can move everyone up together? Um, so, yeah, I agree. And I think people, Especially in this country, we believe so much in sort of meritocratic values. Um, essentially, that this is a meritocracy, so everyone should have the fair, you know, chance of getting something based off of their ability. Um, but it's just not like that. That's not the truth. Like the country was built on systematic, impre- uh, 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 <laughs> systematic um, injustices and suppression of, of some people over others, and so therefore, you need to sort of figure out ways to alleviate those injustices before you can move together and say, all right, now we can uh, look at it straight, straight off of merit. Um, my biggest issue, though, is that I think the people aren't willing to really listen to each other, though. I think regardless of what situation or what, what side of the argument you stand on, we're so quick to shut people out without giving them that sort of that ear. And just sort of like you said, Aunt, you got to sort of hear people out and get to know their, their side of the story before you, you know, come to your conclusion. And for better or worse. And I think we all guilty of it, you know, no matter what side you're on. And I think perception is reality and the fact that every time I see a flag hanging off another uh, off the end of a person's vehicle, I see the word Trump somewhere. Right. And I'm not a, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not a Trump supporter. Objectively, right, right. I'm not a Trump supporter. So when I if I'm someone that's young and I'm seeing that everywhere I go, if there's a mega flag on the back of a vehicle and it has the word Trump somewhere, yeah. I'm going to think like, OK, as a minority in this country, I think that's the enemy because they're supporting the enemy. Yeah. Therefore, the flag means nothing to me. That's why I'm talking about level of understanding. That's just one person that supports the flag for their own reason. Mm-hmm. There's other people that support the flag that are just like you for different right. reasons. The reasons yeah. that I, it should be, actually. Yeah. I mean, but there's also, like I said, it, when someone hijacks that symbol, it sort of taints that. You know, it taints it forever. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, you start you starting to see those alt-right people who are, you know, they're putting the flags on everything and they're saying, oh, if you don't stand for the flag, if you're not on my side, you know, you're just some some liberal, you know, snowflake, whatever you are. But I also think, like, you should listen to these people when they talk. Like, I listen to Richard Spencer when he talked. He said, I don't value, I don't value equality. I value mm. dominance. Like, those mm. are his words. Yeah. And we need to start putting that out there. So the son of a cotton heiress. Wow. Who gets millions and millions of dollars in farm subsidies? So, mm. 
like you gotta listen to people. You gotta know, like you gotta know these people's background. Like when they talk, like he's not poor. Like you know, like people like to attribute like racism to hillbillies. Like right. no, he's not. That's not, not what he is. Yeah, that's not the, especially <laughs> nowadays. Yeah, they dressed up. They working. They lawyers. They're, they're doctors. You know, they're politicians, and they're they're hidden. They're hidden in plain sight nowadays. Um, but my thing is like there seems to be some type like two sort of you know, worlds that we live in. And that's, that's sort of the perspective of the, the minority individuals in America who we we face oppression, we face these injustices, and we sort of, our, our, our reality is, is shaped by that. And then it's the other world where, you know, the majority, the, the white people who haven't had to deal with so, uh, situations such as oppression, who sort of, be, who in many cases benefited from um, their whiteness, right? And they view the American flag, they view patriotism in two different ways. So how would you look at patriotism from the black community? How would you say, what, what would define black patriotism in, in our minds? Because I know for me, when I think of patriotism, I'm thinking of those, those football players who are taking a knee, right? They're doing something that's, again, they're not, they're not challenging the flag. They're not challenging the military. They're challenging the structure and the systems. That's patriotism to me. I mean, you got to go back to what... MLK said in one of his final speeches, I think it was his final speech, you know, America, I want you to live up to what you said on paper. Mm. I mean, that's pretty much, in my mind, a nutshell of what we expect. Can that ever happen, though? I don't know. I like to be an optimist, but, you know, my pessimistic side comes Mm. out once in a while and says, no, you got to take it or you got to get it in your own way. Mm. It's hard to really answer that question. What's patriotism? Um, from, from the black perspective, you asked. Yeah. So, um, I think that a lot of us we run from our history in this country. Mm. Like we try to disregard the whole slavery thing. So mm. when I say something like, when I say something proudly, like mm. I come from slaves. Like they mm. built this country. Right. Like this. Like literally. And we attribute it to economies throughout the world with our labor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of black people are are not patriotic because they try to run away from that history. Right. That's so yeah. long ago. And, you know, why bring that up now? And we're a different it's a different time now is mm-hmm. what I usually hear. Yeah, I didn't think of it from that point. I think you're completely correct. I think um, when you've been told that your history was was. When your history is demeaned and is looked at as being a negative, you know, obviously it's just human nature. Like, all right, that's that's not me. You know, I'm not. I don't associate with that. But we also have to look at the the other side of the picture. Those stories that we do highlight, you know, those individuals who were able to make the most out of the situation they were in and and st- still strive towards freedom and and the strength that you had to have to be, be able to survive that. You know, you know, you coming from people who survive. First off, coming through the transatlantic slave trade. Being able to survive that alone was almost miraculous, right? Then from there, being ripped from their families, uh, forced to you know work in the fields where you were killed, slaughtered, maimed, and then still be able to from that situation, you know, find that joy, you know, keep pushing, you know, still create community. Um, we're not really taught that. We just looked at we look at slavery as that negative thing that happened in America, and let's hurry up and get past it, and let's move towards. You know, the different era. But it's it, like a blip. 
It's a and ghost. It's, and it's talked <laughs> about separately from American history instead yeah. of being interwoven into it. Like, I shouldn't be learning about peonage in my 30s. Yeah. This is something that should have been taught. Like, I think everybody should mm. learn, you know, about because it's like all oh, slavery was here mm. and then it ended. But that's not what happened. Right. Something worse came after that. And and it's not and it's not in the books. Yeah. Elaborate. Um, There's an, a book called Slavery by Another Name. Um, It basically goes into detail about um the, the, the period of peonage where. Mm. It's basically what we talk about with mass incarceration. Mm. Black people charged with petty crimes and being made to work. And mm. like they built infrastructure for free. Yeah. So and then um you know and there's just you know horror story and it's and it's worse. It's worse <laughs> than slavery's. I'm not trying to like big up slave masters, but it was in their best interest to keep their slaves alive. Okay. Whereas in the period of peonage, if uh, if uh, somebody dies while they're trying to mine, we'll just go get another one. Mm-hmm. And there's just you know all these horror stories of wives saying my husband went somewhere and he never came back, or my husband went somewhere and he came back years later because he had to work somewhere. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm, I'm kind of glad I went to like a, a a black middle school because they mm-hmm. they taught us about slavery. Because if I think I went to a middle school that was like a charter, not a charter middle school, but a middle school that was like in the suburbs, yeah. I don't think slavery would have been like touched on. I think it would have been like one sentence in a history mm-hmm. book, and it kind of would have just kept going. But in my yeah. in in my middle school experience, we actually went in depth with it. Yeah, I mean, there's even times now where they're trying to get rid of the slavery. Period in, in history books, in like Texas, like the Texas um, immigrant workers, right? To turn them into immigrant workers, and so when you're dealing with situations like that, um, where you're constantly, if you're 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 looking at sort of the whitewashing of history, um, and your 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 space in history as a culture is sort of being diminished, and you're not seeing people who you know are actually inventors and creators and engineers who you know helped build build and shape America, your vision of what America is and that vision interpretation of the flag is going to be like, you know, they don't care for me, right? They never care for what, what I contribute and brought to the society, so why care for it? And I think you do see a lot of apathy amongst, you know, black people and other minorities when it comes to this idea of patriotism and, you know, what American values mean because we never benefited from it, right? Who is they? Well. Are they still living? Do they still matter? I mean, they is essentially, I'm just using the over- encompassing term of just no I, I know but i'm saying like in terms of that we got to break that down who is they are they still living do they still matter i mean they is they is just a, a system it's, it's, it's i mean it's, it's just like the system like they it's, it's the hard system to explain these people to work in yeah. it it's not self-governing it's not self-sufficient it's not on autopilot it needs people yeah. it needs Active participation, mm. but black to uh, back to black patriotism. I like, um, I get like when people opt out of voting, mm. but what I don't get is when people are so hard on other people for opting out of voting, but then they try to get out of jury duty. Mm. Mm. Like, are you a true patriot if you run away 
from that that that's our duty i i have yet to be called to sit on a drink i can't wait <laughs> but yeah. but most of the people that oh they just oh man I wore my Black Lives Matter T-shirt, so they wouldn't call on me. And yeah. but in the same, you know, breath, will complain about a cop getting found not guilty mm. for mur- for murdering someone else unarmed. So, but I mean, even the jury d- duty, if you're selected, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I but they do things to not get selected. Oh, so they're purposely going out of the way. Yeah, they go yeah. out of their way to not sit on the jury. It's a good point you brought up there, Shayna. That is. That's just as important as as, as voting. I feel right. like it's even Representing. more important than voting. Like the you have the that's your choice yeah. to not vote. I mean, I vote because I there's always something important on the ballot. Yeah. <laughs> always, always, always. But I get it if you've, you know, mentally checked out of the voting mm. process, but I don't understand the not Mm-hmm. wanting to sacrifice your time to sit on a jury. That's a sacrifice. Yeah. No, I think voting is too important, though. I, I understand why. I can see why some people may not. But I think that, um, as you see from the last election, every single vote counts. You know, having people out there. Um, but, I, but but again, the mentality of they don't really care about us. They just care about our votes. That's That's true. I mean, I can't really blame someone for seeing that that way. But I just think that it's our duty you know, if we really want to see those things change and and change the structure, change the outcomes in our communities and our lives, you you got to vote. You need representation from, you know, the people in the community to actually change those the the figures who are put in place. All right. So, final thoughts. Hmm. Final thoughts on this one. This is always going to be met with a little bit of you know taboo, a little bit of resist 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 resentment. Sorry, when you're looking at the American flag, I think that. It's just it's polarizing. You know, one side of the country sees it as one way, another side sees it as a different way, and it's kind of hard to mend those those two divides unless we sort of bring the light those various narratives. You know, being able to listen to each other, listen to each other other's conversations, and sort of um, see each other's side of the story, but also inform those of the injustices and the situations we're going through as well, so that we can all have um, at least be aware of why we think that way. Um, you know, so it's 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 a tough it's a tough topic, and it's just one of those things where, you know, it's, it's, people don't want to toe the lines and want to be as politically correct as possible. But you also have to shine a light on what's really happening in this country. Oh, um, yeah, a flag. It's just a symbol to me. It's like it's a symbol that I won't that I I choose not to, you know, partake in. But I am an American, and I'm an American that takes it very seriously. I, I believe that being an American is not a spectator sport, that you have to be active um, within the community um, and always actively trying to learn about what, what's going on. Yeah, yeah I um you know, maybe with time, maybe with time when I have kids. I mean, I, I do believe the flag probably will mean more to me. Maybe. I don't know. You know? I have kids. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is kids? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe, I, I try may, to make sure. Like, Maybe my son or daughter might feel, uh, feel a different way and they might inspire me in some way. I don't yeah. know. But I guess what I'm saying is just to piggyback off what Shana was saying earlier about understanding even what the opposing force is and what their motives are, like, like what she said about Richard Spencer. Yeah. You know, going back to what I said about if you're black and somebody who's not black, you know, they can't tell you what blackness is. Sure. 
But there needs to be a level of understanding where that person could at least understand what blackness is and not just look at it as the other, you know, mm. where we can't look at something else as the other that may not be totally extreme like Richard Spencer. It may mm. just be coming from a real place. Like if somebody mm. has Blue Lives Matter, they're not coming from an anti-Black Lives Matter. It's straight up, hey, my husband was a cop and he got right. shot. You know, right. I feel like level understanding needs to be met in, in, in most situations. Yeah. This has been another great episode, y'all. Please like, share, subscribe. We're on Facebook, we're on iTunes, and SoundCloud.